Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to be looking at a passage from the Daily Lectionary in Exodus 2. And Exodus is a theme that will run right on the way through the Lenten season. And so I'm excited to be spending a little bit of time here in the book of Exodus. I'm going to read a somewhat long passage uh, from Exodus 2, beginning in verse 11, and then we're just going to jump in and sit with Moses a little bit. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and saw their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his kinfolk. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, he saw two Hebrews fighting, and he said to the one who was in the wrong, Why do you strike your fellow Hebrew? And he answered, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And then Moses was afraid, and he thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh. He settled in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. The priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came to draw water and filled the troughs with water to water their father's flock. But some shepherds came and drove them away. Moses got up and came to their defense and watered the flock. And when they returned to their father, father Ruel, he said, How is it that you've come back so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian helped us against the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Where is he? Why did you leave the man? Invite him to break bread. And Moses agreed to stay with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah in marriage. She bore a son, and he named him Gershom, for he said, I have been an alien residing in a foreign land. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. Out of their slavery, their cry for help rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God looked upon the Israelites, and God took notice of them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us today to see your word, to actually see in Moses something of our own story. Father, we pray that we would grow just through this simple reflection. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What an amazing story. Y'all, the story of Moses is so rich. It is so full of texture. The parallels between Moses and Jesus are, are absolutely astounding. I, I would encourage you to, if you haven't done so recently, to take time to read the book of Exodus with Jesus in mind. Um, wonderful, wonderful insight there. Uh, I'm so thankful that our church, Trinity, is going to be in the book of Exodus during this entire Lenten season. So the first chapter and a half of, of Exodus covers tons of ground. Uh, Moses has Jewish parents. They are suffering under Egyptian bondage. The Egyptians make rules about children, uh, that if boys are born, they have to be killed. Girls can live. And so Moses' mom and dad have a baby. They hide him until they can't hide him any longer. And then they put him in a basket and float him down the river because they don't want to die. They don't want to see their son die. So they hope maybe something good will happen. Someone will find him and take pity on him. Well, in the story, Pharaoh's daughter sees the baby and rescues him and then unknowingly invites Moses' mother to nurse him. Moses is a child of promise. He's a miracle baby, y'all. 
God has a big plan for him. And so our passage today picks up with what happens to us sometimes when we, in an effort to try to live into our own destiny, to be uh, people of significance, this story is about what happens when we take matters into our own hands and mess things up. So the text today tells us that Moses kills an Egyptian. He actually sees a wrong. He sees an Egyptian abusing a Hebrew, and he sticks up for his kinfolk, and he kills the bad guy, and he buries him in the sand, and he doesn't think anyone sees him. Moses is actually probably thinking, well, if I'm going to be a deliverer, this is the kind of deliverer I'm supposed to be. I'm going to be a kind of vigilante justice giver. He's only trying to help. But y'all, his way of helping relative to the plan of God for his life has an element of striving to it. Moses takes matters into his own hands and he uses violence as a way to try to do the right thing. So what happens? The next day, Moses sees two Jewish people arguing and he again thinks, I'm going to be a self-styled deliverer. I'm going to deliver the way that I would do it. And he tries to get them to stop. And one of them looks at him and says, are you going to kill us like you killed the guy yesterday? So Moses now knows he's been caught. See, here's the reality with Moses. And this is what I find so striking. He is stepping into his calling, but he's doing it in his own strength. He's not waited for God to open a door. He's opening the door himself. And you probably, if you're anything like me, know what it feels like when God has said, you're going to go down a road and be a certain kind of person. And then you begin to start knocking barriers down in your own strength. Well, that's exactly what Moses does. Another way to look at it biblically is, is uh, having an Ishmael versus an Isaac. And if you're familiar with that story, right, it's like um, there was a promise of fruitfulness. But when we took matters into our own hands, we had Ishmael. We had a child through a, a maidservant rather than waiting for God's promise, which was Isaac. Where have you taken matters into your own hands and maybe made a mess of things? Guys, I, I can think of more examples than I would like to name where I have seen a good thing, taken matters into my own hands, and messed a good thing up. That's exactly what Moses does. So what happens to Moses? He ends up in Midian. Midian is shorthand for redneck Israel, back end of nowhere, disqualified That's where Moses ends up. There's nothing happening in Midian. Midian is a disqualified place. It's a place far away from his pursuers. It's where we go when we feel like we've messed things up. Maybe you're in Midian or some uh, symbolic version of Midian right now. A mess. Biding your time. Feeling like you blew it. Midian represents an extremely low point for Moses. But you know... Even in that low point, Moses doesn't forget who he is. Despite the fact that he's messed things up, he actually continues to be a person who is innately a deliverer. In Midian, he intervenes to help the seven daughters of the priest of Midian. He advocates for them, but he doesn't murder anyone. He doesn't use violence. He just intervenes, and then he takes care and serves this man, the priest of Midian. See, do you understand Moses is still being Moses even when he's in a bad place? You may not be in a good place, but you're still called to be who you were meant to be, even in the darkness. And so in that dark place, in Midian, in Disqualifiedville, Moses engages in faithful activity that opens up doors of favor. The priest invites him to dinner and gives him a bride. And a new page in Moses' life begins. Life in the midst of hardship. 
And in the midst of that hardship and disqualification, a new family emerges. Moses actually begins to bear fruit in Midian. And I would say to you right now, if you are in your own Midian, the Lord wants you to be who he's called you to be even in that dark place. And he wants you to bear fruit even in that dark place. So here's how the passage ends. With these words in verse 23, after a long time, after a long time. So it was after a long time that the Israelites were groaning and God listened and God determined to send a deliverer who would ultimately be Moses. But it took a long time. Did you know God tells long stories? We live in a world where we have a short attention span. We like fast stories. We like stories that resolve quickly, and yet God tells long stories. So Moses goes through a season of feeling disqualified, and then after a long time, the Lord puts him back in the game. After a long time, God hears the groaning of the Israelites. After a long time, he remembers his covenant. After a long time, God takes notice. And maybe you're in one of those after a long time moments. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're worried. Maybe you're feeling cynical like you might want to give up. Maybe you're just like Moses. Maybe there are regrets that you're wrestling through. After a long time, if we remember who we are, God puts us back in the game. God creates a way forward. God makes us fruitful again. When we get back together on Wednesday, we're going to listen to what happens next. I'm actually going to jump off the lectionary um, to follow what immediately comes after this one because I think it's just so important for us to see how God comes to Moses after a long time. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask God for your grace and your mercy, your protection to be real and present with them, with all of us, God, as we navigate through our times as many of us probably feel in some way or another like we're living in our own Midian. God, help us to realize that even when we've made a mess of things, our story's not over, that you tell long stories. And God, I pray that you would give each and every one of us a glimpse at what after a long time, what you might be doing after that. Have mercy on us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm-hmm.